Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. Thank you very much there, Mr. Andy Demetra. Joe Powers here with you. Rob and Ben East there. And uh, you're in for another night of the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show here. Guys, how you doing? Doing good, Joe. I'm enjoying the cool down. We had a sweep come across Middle Georgia that feels like fall. Oh yeah, October first. Can't believe that it's finally here. It feels like this year's flown by. Oh. But not going to complain about 2020 jumping on through. Brother, <laughs> it is my time of the year when it hits OCT on the calendar. It yes. is Joe's time. You it can, is. You can feel it. You know. It's That's just right. Things. The, the juice. The good juices are just flowing. Got a birthday coming up tomorrow. I'm going to be young like you guys. Is your birthday tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, it is. You and Bubba share the same birthday. Yeah, October I do that. Second, I do man. that. Yeah. Big Heck bum yeah. on the birthday roll there, too, right? That's Heck awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, we want to say thanks to our sponsors and uh, everybody bringing in here, of course, each and every week. Uh, Rob, Ben, and Joe show brought to you by Network One Sports, Eyeballs Marketing and Media. Uh, we have a lot of other sponsors, and we'll say thanks to, including Bubba's Tire, Farmer State Bank, Citizens Bank of Lawrence County, uh, Michelin, Goodyear, all those folks. Uh, enjoy having them on the show each and every week, as well as uh, all of our other friends at Georgia Farm Bureau. And beyond. So uh, we'll mention all those sponsors and more as we go through the show. But we got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. We have a, quite a lineup on the line tonight. We got to start with our friends down at Georgia Southern. We got uh, Texas A&M on the phone with uh, Mr. Andrew Monaco coming up about seven o'clock, and they, we're going to talk about the Bama Texas A&M game this weekend. And then we got our friend Brooks Austin from uh, University of Georgia's Dogs Daily and Sports Illustrated going to wrap us up there about seven thirty. So. A lot of good action on the phone with us here tonight. And, of course, you can find us at network1sports.com, uh, rbjshow.com, at Twitter and Instagram, at uh, rbjshow, and then on Facebook, of course, at rbjpodcast. So be sure and look us up right there anytime you're online. And we'll start the show again tonight with a friend of ours. Uh, we've had previously the voice of the Eagles, Chris Blair, on, who's now the national title uh, LSU Tigers there. But we got the man, the myth, the legend himself oh, now. Hands to oh, Williams. Oh. No! He got stopped! He got stopped by Raymond Johnson! Georgia Southern takes over in plus territory! Oh, my. Thank oh, you, Oh, row Coach that Leck. boat! First down for Georgia Southern with 2.16 left in the second corner. Can I get a block and a scoop and score here, please? Why not? Middle of the field. Snap high, hold good. Got it. He blocked. It's blocked, rolling near side. Eagles recovered the 25. It's Brinson. Back towards the numbers, looking for the middle of the field. Brinson gets one block, gets two. Far side, 35, up to the 40. Brinson on his own sideline. 45 to the 40, 35, flag down. Brinson, 20, 10, oh. 5. Wings up, Eagle Nation. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Oh, it doesn't get much better than that. It's Wings over. up, Eagle Nation. Danny Reed on the phone with Georgia Southern. Danny, how are you today, sir? I'm going well, boys. I appreciate Wesley you having me Kennedy on. Certainly. A man, I love that right there. We were just sitting here remarking about just how fun this punt it is comes to hear from the somebody get all jacked from Feisler. up and This the is best punt of the day. Kennedy between like the hashes makes really the catch at his own 34. Jukes that lot coming near side. He needs a block receives it. Up the near side, number 40, 50-yard line. This has a chance. 35 to the 30. Out in front, Zion McGee. Kennedy the 10. The 5. He's got 6. Wings up, Eagle Nation. 
completion. Yeah, Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Wesley Kennedy, a 66-yard punt return touchdown. Williams. That season before he went to LSU, and I wasn't really planning on having a touchdown call, but the first road trip we went on that year, I didn't join the team until the third week of the season. I was finishing up my previous job. We went out to Idaho, and the cheerleaders were on that trip, and when I was on the sidelines, that's what I did for that first season. I saw a sign that said, Wings Up on it, and I thought it was so simple, and I just threw Eagle Nation on the end of it, because that's what they call the fan base down here in Statesboro, and Wings Up Eagle Nation just sounded like it was sharp, it was good. I didn't get a chance to test it until the following September against uh, Savannah State, but it was one that I kept I kept secret for all about 11 months and then that first game there was a bunch of them so it was nice <laughs> nice to share with everybody well Danny that is a gem because I loved it this has been and uh I love big calls I've I grew up listening to West Durham and Larry Munson and I'm, I'm I love listening to radio calls and I was just getting hyped up listening to that highlight reel right there when you said wings up Eagle Nation I'm like that is original put a trademark on that guy man that's 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 good that's good material <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we certainly do appreciate you being on the show with us here today. And uh, going to talk about those uh, Southern uh, Eagles there. You got a game coming up this week against UL Monroe. Uh, you're you're 0-1 in the conference and uh, looking to get that win against a, a winless team on the year so far. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can expect this weekend. It's been interesting so far for Georgia Southern, having 33 guys out against Campbell in the opener, wondering if the game was even going to get played after the first game of the season against Boise State was postponed when the Mountain West said that they weren't going to play football, though they're now coming back like the other four leagues that said we're not going to play, but now we are. And then to get down two scores to Campbell and then come back and win by a point when they missed a two-point conversion at the end of the game, Georgia Southern was in a similar situation last weekend, went for two and made it against the number 19 Raging Cajuns to go up 18-17, and then the kicker that had been struggling for them the first couple of weeks, I think he was two of six on the season, but he nails a 53-yarder, and they walk off with a win. So even though Georgia Southern could have easily been 2-0, and they could also have been 0-2. So I think 1-1 and is a little bit more welcome than what the alternative could have been. And yeah, ULMs, they've been struggling. They, they've had a lot of issues both on and off the field. They had, a, I think, an 11-day stoppage during camp because of COVID issues. And during that time, Hurricane Laura turned from southwestern Louisiana and went up through the northeast. And it hit Monroe in a way that I didn't think that they were expecting. So they didn't even have guys on campus until after Labor Day. They had to postpone classes. And then their longtime defensive coordinator, Mike Collins, up and resigns on September 2nd, less than two weeks before the season starts. So they have to go play Army less than two weeks after that. And they bumped up their linebackers coach, Scott Stoker, to be the D.C. And he's the only guy that's remained from Coach Viator's original staff back in 2016. And that was not the game that you'd want to play against a flexbone team. I think they ran for 430-some. And it ended up being a 37-7 to win. Winnable game against Texas State, but they fell behind early, couldn't play catch-up. And then even last week, UTEP went down to Malone Stadium, and they had lost their previous 15 games against FBS teams. And they handled the game. Again, ULM got down early, ended up being a 31-6 to loss. I think what ULM needs badly more than anything will guess a victory, but they need to start a lot better. They've been getting outscored 35-7 in the first quarter this year. They've got some talent and some athleticism on offense. They've got a hungry defense that likes to make plays behind the line of scrimmage but they just haven't been able to get anything clicked yet because they missed so much time in the spring like everybody else. And then having a week and a half of camp cut out, I think you're seeing that they're still trying to get caught up and figure out exactly who they want to be. Yeah, that sounds like they have had an absolute time trying to just get started. 
um, really, and then you get thrown right into games and playing a triple option team. That's just like a worst-case scenario if you hadn't been playing and hitting. Um, very, very difficult. And Georgia Southern, y'all had this time you mentioned the game against Campbell where you had a lot of guys out. How is that now? Have they kind of has Georgia Southern kind of worked through that and now where you're relatively back at a normal operating level with uh, you know a normal amount of injured players and stuff out of the mix? You know, the hook about the 33 guys that missed the Campbell game, they were just all deemed inactive. There wasn't a differentiation amongst COVID, contact tracing, injury, suspension, coaches' decision. They just decided to say, okay, if guys are not available to play, we're just going to call them inactive, and it got blown up. ESPN got hold of it and said, well, there's 33 guys out. It's got to be COVID issues. There's got to be some irresponsibility going on down in Statesboro. But once they got cleared up, I think that people realized that it was even more impressive that Georgia Southern could rally. I don't care if it was against an FCS team. That Campbell team is pesky, as App State nearly found out last weekend. They were trailing late second quarter, but eventually App figured out how to run the football, and they ended up winning that game going away. But the numbers this the last few weeks have gotten – much more under control and even for the guys that are expected to be out this weekend most of those are injury concerns that had already existed when that 33 was announced before the Campbell game so they've done a really good job really the entire time positive tests have been kept at 11 of the contact tracing is what's really hurt the Eagles because of the protocols that are in place at Georgia Southern but the number of guys that are out this week it's similar to the number of guys that were out against Louisiana just last week and maybe one or two to that list for injury concerns not necessarily COVID concerns and you have to applaud this athletic department and especially the team and the athletic training staff and all the testing protocols that have been put in place for how they've been able to manage this roster so well and seeing it so many different other places where games are being canceled and you know Georgia Southern kind of got caught up in that when FAU had to bag that game a few weeks ago but to keep the numbers down in a place that was deemed by the national government as a hotbed about a month ago I, I think is a really impressive feat and that needs to be commended yeah absolutely and that's that's exactly what we said here on our show several weeks ago. You're like, Georgia Southern, yeah, they struggled with Campbell, but they were out 33 guys, and I don't care what you're playing in. Campbell's Division One football, yeah, they're one double A, but those guys can play, and they've got players, and I think it speaks a lot more to Georgia Southern's total roster of players that – that, uh, that Coach Lunsford and guys have done such a good job building that depth and able to compete in the Sun Belt at such a high level. And I think it speaks a total testament. You have 33 guys out, and you have guys that can step in there and still get wins and then battle through this stuff. And last week really, really should have come away with a victory, um, you know, barring that, you know, 53-yard field goal against a really, really good um, raging Cajun team with a really good quarterback. So, I completely agree. I think it's a total testament to that roster and the coaches for doing a really good job of managing their way through this lack of depth. And even last week for the Georgia Southern Eagles, when the numbers got a little bit more under control, they still lost at one point four different defensive starters during the game. Now, yeah, they did come back at some point, but to know that they were down nearly half of their starting defense at critical points during the third and even the early fourth quarter, the Cajuns had, I think, eight starters out and between 12 and 15 guys that would have gotten on the field. You saw how both teams had been able to build depth, and Billy Napier has been lauded by 
everybody the last three years. They've gone from a seven-win team to a school record 11 wins last year. They've won the last two West Division titles. They're the overwhelming favorite to win the West again in 2020. And to be able to win a game like that from their standpoint, that shows you the kind of team that they've built. And Georgia Southern was very close to doing it again going for too late, showing the aggressiveness, showing enough heart to say, let's not go to overtime. Let's try to win this game right now. And then the Cajuns to have the resilience to go right back down and say, well, look, we've got 54 seconds and two timeouts. We're going to see what we can do. And look, it's not like they got that close. It was a 53-yard field goal for a guy that was two for six on the year going in. So I think <laughs> Georgia Southern's defense held up pretty well considering the two biggest plays of the drive were out of the backfield to the running back, Trey Regis, who a lot of times you don't necessarily account for. And once the pocket breaks down, the running back is going to be the one that's the most available. And on the second one that he called in the third down play, he got to the 36. You knew that they were going to take a chance at it. And the dude had a leg and it's just that time he decided to put it through the bars and they ended up winning the game. That's all. Yeah, well, I tell you what, it, it was definitely something where you, you, like you said, the kicker there two for six. You're just like, well, really, really, you're going to hit that one, you know, from fifty three. That's the one you're, <laughs> you're going to get in there. So, yeah, well fought game, no doubt about it. But uh, let me ask you, uh, Danny, a little bit about uh, our man Wirtz there uh, taking snaps and running that triple option offense for the Eagles. Uh, he's right now, you know, sitting what three hundred plus yards passing, a couple touchdowns, uh, a pick, and he's. I believe the leading rusher right now as well with somewhere near 200 yards rushing. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the thoughts are around that young man and just keeping him healthy and everything else that goes on in this season, how valuable a key he is uh, for the Eagles? Yeah, he's really something, and he's had to be ever since he took over as the quarterback. That opening game against Auburn in 2017, there was a point where he had to learn three different offenses in three years, but he and Bob DeBest, the OC who arrived here in 2018, have developed a really nice relationship. At one point, Coach DeBest was working with the wide receivers. Now he handles the quarterbacks, so, so those guys work together every day. To see how much more confident he is running the offense, using his reads and being able to throw the ball for 255 last weekend that was easily his career high and it was the most fine eagle quarterback going back to lee chapel in 2009 that game in september against albany that year yeah it, it's atypical for an option team but to be able to put that kind of attack on film and everybody needs to say oh well we got to get ready for 50 plus runs a game well now you got to get ready for this too because georgia southern has some athletes on the outside that can catch the football but for shy he set the total offense record for a freshman that first year for a team that only won two games he was absolutely remarkable in 2018 that 10 win season and it just seemed that everything went right and shy was such a big reason why counting for 25 touchdowns step back last year and i don't think mentally and physically he was ever there considering what he went through right before camp in 2019 when he got pulled over in south carolina and the, the bogus arrest for cocaine possession when it was found out the substance on the hood of his car was nothing but bird droppings georgia southerns had suspended him until the test came back it lasted two days he rejoined the roster, and then he plays against LSU. He gets banged up, misses the next two games. And I think in his mind, he did everything he could, but he wasn't satisfied with the numbers that he put up last year. And even two games missed, he still was close to what he did in 2018. But so far, what he's done in 20, he's responsible for nearly two-thirds of Georgia Southern's total offense so far. He is as motivated as I've seen anybody in five years here. And I think that 
Georgia Southerns need to keep him healthy is not only important for what he does on the field, but since he's one of the five captains, these guys have been looking to him ever since he took that offense in 2017. And from a scrambling guy who was just trying to use his athleticism when he was running crazy, just looking to make anything happen for a two-win team, to now being one of the most respected guys in the Sunbelt Conference, and then to speak to him and to listen to him describe what he went through and how he's finally got that mental and inner peace to be the leader that this team needs. It, it's it's unlike anything I've ever heard, and he's always going to have a place in Eagle Nation. It, it, regardless of how this season goes, his place is set, and I think I hope he gets a chance to do a lot more because he deserves it. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more. A quarterback to have to go through what he did last year and having to deal with that in the spotlight and the total bogus sideshow with – all that happening should have never even gotten to that point. And uh, for him to be able to work through that and then kind of battle and then the type of season he's already started with, with several starters down and stuff too, the way that he's come out and led and played, and especially against uh, especially against last weekend against the Raging Cajuns, he had such a good game. And you can tell that he is really, really playing with a different fire than a lot of other guys out there. And so this week coming in, I know you can't take anybody for granted, but uh, the UL game, they're, they're going through some struggles. But I want to look a little past that to the, uh, to the App State game, which is obviously a game that Georgia Southern likes to circle uh, every year um, coming through. And so uh, how is that uh, – how do you think that's going to shape up here in a couple of weeks for the big rivalry game against uh, App State? Well, there's two main parts to it. Number one – Typically, this game has been played on a Thursday night with each team having to operate on a short week. Now, when this game gets played, the week leading in is affectionately known as hate week, and there's a lot of respect on both sides. So the hate is a little bit tongue-in-cheek for all the successes that they had in the Southern Conference and winning national championships. <laughs> well, us Georgia, Georgia Tech boys know a little bit about level. that hate here, too. <laughs> but the, this year, it's on a Wednesday, which means that you're going to have at least a week to prepare. And in App State's case, as we found out earlier today, they were supposed to play this coming Wednesday. They were supposed to host Louisiana up in Boone. That game has been called off because App is going through its own COVID situation. And considering how much worse it has gotten over the last couple of days, I think that right now Georgia Southern can look to that game as one that's still on the schedule, a home game on national television. It's going to be a 7.30 kick on ESPN on the 14th of October. But if they can't get it right, then maybe that's another one that's going to be threatened. I, I, I don't know. I, I would hope that they are able to get that remedied by the time that they're supposed to make the trip down the mountain to Alney Paulson Stadium in a couple of weeks. And then on the other side of it, Georgia Southern's won the last two years against a ranked team. It was here in 18. App came down 25th. It lasted one week. Eagles got a dominant three-score victory. And then when they were 20th a year ago, that was the highest-ranked team in Sunbelt history. Georgia Southern went to Boone. They hadn't won there in 12 years, dominated the game, ran for close to 350 yards, hung on for a 24-21 to 21 win. This is one that you always look forward to. It's a little bit earlier on the schedule than what it has been the last few years. But knowing that each team is going to have more time to potentially get ready for it, I, I just I hope, and this is the way I feel every week, I just hope the game gets played. You, just, you have to do everything you can to make sure that you're being responsible, you're being safe, and these coaches 
these athletic trainers, these administrators, they're doing whatever they can to ensure that Georgia Southern is able to compete. Now they can't do anything about what the situation is for the team that they're playing. And that's what they dealt with for Florida Atlantic whenever finding out on Friday morning before that game that they weren't going to be making the trip up from Boca Raton because they had an influx of positive tests and with contact tracing, they couldn't field a proper team being down almost an entire position group. But hopefully Georgia Southern number one gets the win this weekend against ULM first conference win gets to two and one and then they can have that week and a half to prepare for App State and really hope that things get better up in Boone because they were down about 20 guys or so for Campbell the week before and they struggled in that game they were down late in the second quarter before they finally got their bearings but not knowing exactly who is out and what they would be down and I think even some coaches and some other support staff were mixed in so they've got some things to figure out and look it's rivals on the field, but you want to make sure that everybody is as healthy as possible coming in. There's no question. And Georgia Southern App State is a game I always look forward to. My dad's actually been to one of those in the middle of the week. Um, we've got a lot of Georgia Southern supporters uh, here in the Dublin, Georgia area that um, go down. And he went down to that game. He said the atmosphere is just it's really good for that for that environment. Um, the rivalry game, you can really feel it. He just said it's a great it's a great environment. And Coach Lunsford led into that. We had him on a few weeks ago before the season started, talking about how big it is to have that game on national television and you are the spotlight. Nobody's competing with you on a Wednesday night or Thursday night. You know, you are the marquee matchup, and Georgia Southern deserves to have that spot. So I'm with you. I look forward to watching that game in the middle of the week. It's almost like an Easter egg in October. You know, yeah. you're going to watch a game in the middle of the week. You know, it's, it's a great matchup. Uh, it's, it's a rivalry game, and they just mean a little bit more. It's unfortunate this year that it's going to be in front of a 25% crowd, but as we found out against Campbell, roughly 6,000 people here can somehow still sound like 25,000 people. <laughs> just, just because of how these people are down here, they love their football and they let you know that they love their football. You always look forward to Appalachian State. It's the blue and the gold. It's the black and the white. They've oftentimes... Even since moving to the Sun Belt, they've had to compete with each other for conference championships. But the one thing that does, I'm not going to say hamper it, but it does throw a new wrinkle into it, is now that the Sun Belt has East and West divisions with football, you're competing for a division championship. So Georgia Southern and App State, under the current format, will never play for a Sun Belt championship. But the game that they play against each other during the regular season can have championship implications. Granted, now the Eagles beating them the last two years didn't keep them out of the title game. But you know that outside of Georgia Southern, the last two years, only one other team has beaten App State, and that was Marshall just a couple of weeks. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Talking with Danny uh, Reed here, the voice of Georgia Southern Eagles. And, uh, Danny, before we let you get out of here, we got uh, about seven more minutes to go. Before we let you get out of here, I want to ask you about that Georgia State uh, game there at the end of the year. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of fun with uh, Coach Lunsford and with uh, your AD, Jared Binko, and, of course, the head coach uh, at Georgia State, Sean Elliott's been on our show here as well talking about that. So uh, let's get your take on that rivalry game. <laughs> Well, Georgia Southern says Southern, not state. The people <laughs> up the planet say state, not Southern. It, it became a rivalry when the Panthers, well, really when they won down in Paulson in 2015 in a game they probably never should have won. They ended up giving Georgia Southern their worst loss ever in the history of Paulson Stadium, and then they won in 16, then won again here in 17. And when they were ahead 3-1, to one, a lot of 
Eagle Nation were wondering, okay, do they own Georgia Southern now? Is this how this is going to be? The rivalry when it never should have. But it was corrected in 18, dominant victory at Turner Field, dominant victory at the end of last season on Thanksgiving weekend. Look, I know that their great quarterback, Dan Ellington, was hurt, and I know it affected them. But Georgia Southern came out with a fire that night. They ran the football well after getting down 7 nothing. They ended up winning that game 38-10. to Got to go back to Turner Field in the end of 2020. And you don't know what's going to be on the line. I think for State, they've only played one game, and that was a competitive effort against the Raging Cajuns. They were up two scores at home about midway through the third quarter, only to lose that game in overtime. But outside of that, you don't know what else they have until they can get back onto the field. They lost their game against Charlotte last week, and I think they got ECU this week, and I think they're a one-point favorite the last I checked it. That's, that's another one you always – look forward to for a very different reason and I, I say that georgia southern app state is called hate week it could easily be attached to this game <laughs> for a very different reason <laughs> absolutely well you know we were we were tossing around the idea since uh, me rob and ben are right here in the middle of the state right in the middle of this rivalry that we should definitely have a hand in the uh <laughs> the presentation of a new uh, trophy of the battle over for you guys between uh, Georgia State and Georgia Southern. But, you know, Sean Elliott's already invited us out there to just do the broadcast from the sideline this year. So uh, we jokingly, of course, were like, yeah, we'll come up there and hang out with you <laughs> during the game. <laughs> then he's like, oh, I got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> and Jared's like, no, 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 you guys can come down here to Southern with us and hang out as well. But uh, definitely a fun game there. And uh, we look forward to to uh, seeing how that plays out, as well as the rest of the Georgia Southern season. So uh, we certainly do appreciate you taking some time, Danny, to uh, get on the air and talk with us here in middle Georgia because, as Ben pointed out a few minutes ago, there's a lot of support for Eagle Nation right here in the heart of the Georgia area. So uh, anything you want to share with those guys before we let you go? Uh, I'm not sure how many people listening would know that the members of our crew, two of them are actually from Macon. Our great color guy, Terry Harvin, who's in his 15th year as the color analyst on the network and was a three-time national championship hunter for Russell and Tim Stowers. He lives in Macon. Russ Brown, our sideline reporter, has a radio show in Macon, and he has been working with the network in some capacity since 2010. This is his fifth year now on the sidelines. The, 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 the stretch of Eagle Nation is a lot bigger than I ever anticipated. And in this state of Georgia, look, I know that there's a lot of people that are going to say it's a red state because of the Georgia Bulldogs or a gold state because of Georgia Tech and maybe even some Georgia State fans out there. Who knows? <laughs> but knowing that, knowing that 40 percent of our crew represents middle Georgia and they've been part of the crew for so long and the passion that they have for this place, Terry being an alum and a player and he, he bleeds it. And for us to come on the crew. 10 years ago and still have the same fire that he did when he was the spotter and doing scoreboard updates for that 2010 season, being able to keep these guys around. It's been a privilege because they've seen a lot of stuff that I haven't had. I haven't seen and sharing the stories and getting to know them and calling them some of my best friends has, has really been fun. All right. Well, we certainly do appreciate you jumping on and joining us, Danny. And uh, hopefully we can fit in that friend category two there before we get <laughs> too far down the road. You got it, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, appreciate Danny. you, man. All right. There we go. Danny Reed, the voice of uh, Eagle Nation, Georgia Southern, taking on Yule Monroe this week and uh, then App State next week. We appreciate you joining us here on the Rob Benajoso. Stick around. We got Andrew Monaco from Texas A&M up next. Right back on the Rob Benajoso Show after this.
uh, Death Valley is now on the bucket list if it wasn't already. Yes. <laughs> you sold us. Yeah. And anytime you want to take us, Chris, we'll be happy to go. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I promise you this. You guys let me know right. if you want to take in a game, and we'll roll out the purple right. carpet. It's too bad you missed the Georgia thrashing last season. We will do that. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. Hello, fans. It's football time again in Georgia. Need some tires before that football road trip? Bubba's Tire Center has got you covered. As always, when you purchase a brand new set of four tires, you will receive free installation and free alignment for your vehicle. We offer pickup and delivery as well as contactless drop-off service for all your tire and service needs. This fall, when it's time for service for your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center at 1318 Bellevue Avenue in Dublin, Georgia, or online at bubbastirecenter.com. From the farmer's field that produces your food to the football field where your home team plays, Georgia Farm Bureau is committed to helping Georgia communities thrive. Georgia Farm Bureau provides peace of mind to families through home, auto, and life insurance with affordable coverage and fast claim services. By insuring with Georgia Farm Bureau, you're making an investment in Georgia agriculture, Georgia farmers, and Georgia families. With more than 150 offices in the state, Georgia Farm Bureau is always the home team. Middle Georgia's number one choice for community and collegiate sports. The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show will be right back. Uh, Death Valley is now on the bucket list if it wasn't already. Yes. You sold us. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime you want to take us, Chris, we'll be happy to go. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I promise you this. You guys let me know if you want to take in a game, and we'll roll out the purple carpet. It's too bad you missed the Georgia thrashing last season. <laughs> <laughs> we will do that. Come back after this. All right, welcome back to your Rob, Ben, and Joe show here hanging out with you. It's 7 o'clock, and uh, guys, that means we've got Texas A&M on the line here with us coming in and uh, talking to our friend and the broadcast play-by-play guy for the Aggies there in Texas A&M. It is Andrew Monaco. Mr. Andrew, how are you doing today, sir? If you uh, have invited me in, I must say, howdy. That is the Texas A&M greeting for you. I love it. We will take that because here in Middle Georgia, we, we got a lot of howdy around us, too. We'll, love it. we'll take it. Love it. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show here with us. We certainly do appreciate it. And uh, uh, it is always fun to talk to our friends from the SEC world and, more importantly, somebody uh, like yourself who is in place to play a big old ball game this week against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, we're here to hear how you're going to beat them. So just tell us how you're going to beat Bama. That's all we want to know. <laughs> You better not make any mistakes. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> uh, they're just so good, right? They take advantage. And, and I think you just have to, you know, there's an awful lot to winning each play. Alabama is so good at, if you don't make a short tackle, uh, 10 or 15 yards, sometimes at least uh, down the field, such momentum changers. And they're so good in all three phases of the game. On their offense, they can make things happen with, dynamic wide receivers and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, who's a, a Houston kid who kind of got away to